obligatory can crack. Nice. Connor, is your uh, microphone muted or something? I feel like I didn't hear you just now. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think it was just uh, maybe the the can crack was still reverberating. It's yeah, it's still it was that powerful. I like didn't didn't pick that up. Um, that's impressive. That was quite the crack. Really cracked the code there. Yeah, I think that was we you know we that, that was two good cracks. We had a good crack at it. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Just don't did show anyone... me a crack. <laughs> Just don't show me a crack. Did did I did either of you ever read Cracked? I don't think so. No, because it mag- was bad. Was it a website? It well, it probably was a magazine, but like yeah. I knew it as a website. Um, I and then, oh, like, I know you were into it. I thought you meant a book name called Cracked. I've, I've heard no, of website, no. I'm yes. talking about like Cracked.com. Yeah. Which, uh, it's like, I don't know, it's one of those things, like, I remember, um... Yeah, you were very I don't know, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's like, initially, you know, you're you're a young adolescent, and you find it, and you get all these edgy listicles, and it's like, whoa, I never really, I never realized that, like, Harry Potter should have PTSD, that's crazy, you know? <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that uh, that that all the Winnie the Pooh characters are representations of the seven deadly sins. That's crazy, man. Ten. And then, like, I, <laughs> ten greatest I uh, genres of animal porn. <laughs> that was one of the listicles. Yeah, it's, like, it's like I, you know, I think about it now, and um, I don't know. It's bad. You know, it's just it's funny. But that's okay. You know, things change. People, people grow. You know, maybe you know. we should um, be like the the renaissance of cracks. We can maybe buy the do- the domain and revive it, and um, just become edge lords. Yeah, I mean, unless we rebrand. Oh yeah, we could know? be like we're cracked, but nice now. Well, it cracked, but we have repaired the crack. Oh. So so it really so so yeah it's it's cracked it's still cracked but but it's like yeah but cracked that's like the the, the past tense. Oh, it had you cracked. Know? Yeah, it had no it had longer cracked. no longer cracked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Before it was cracked. Now it's cracked. But, but no longer right. It's it's yeah. simply it yeah. had cracked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I mean, how much do you think it, it costs to buy cracks? Like, yeah. have we looked into that? Have jo- you crunched the numbers, Josh? You're Josh, kind of you a number down? cruncher around here. I know. He I, already bought it? Numbers. Josh, you already bought it for us? Yet. No. Oh, fuck. Okay. I thought, I thought that okay. was the, the face you were making. But you didn't crunch the numbers? No. Those are not numbers Can I you, want to crunch. It's, I don't want to, like, rush you or anything but like when you get a chance could you crunch those numbers for us yeah then get back to us i will be crunching can you just just like on your downtime like i know even like for your regular work like you do a lot of crunching numbers wise well even on the podcast like like, how how about instead of um like scanning something or like making (laughs) or 3d printing something you you crunch the numbers months ago dude shut the fuck up (laughs) just you know if you get a chance um and you know to crunch essentially yeah um be helpful i'm not gonna crunch those numbers okay Uh, um, i'm gonna crunch 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's, what right. jo- that's the noise Josh is going to make when he's in the middle of it. <laughs> Is that, is that exciting? <laughs> I'm gonna crunch. Yeah, it's yeah. like like Wreck It Ralph, but for crunching numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Oh yeah, I love Wreck It Ralph. Because like before he wrecks something, he says, "I'm gonna wreck it." Yeah, and he, but then and like and he before Josh crunches the numbers, he's like, "I actually don't remember what is he doing on Connor." Um, I think he just you know. He just punches all the numbers into a calculator. Yeah, but he yeah, kind of like has this this phrase. He makes like this noise and I don't I don't. It's not ringing a bell. No, no. Uh, so uh, one minute ago, huh? Talking about one minute ago, sixty seconds. What happened Doesn't ring a bell? Ago? You made this. Um, you did like this impression of Josh like crunching oh. the numbers. Oh, did I? Nothing. Uh no, nothing that I can really. I mean, do, do you do you want to like act it out so I, maybe that'll refresh my memory? I the the thing is is I'm asking you because I didn't remember. Like, oh okay. If I if I, I knew it, it's not important. If so I we, knew it, I would do it. So we. But I'm asking are, you because. So both of our memories have been wiped of the last minute. You you because you don't remember and I don't remember. That's eerie, wow. Josh. Do you remember? Can remember you do it for what? us? Make the noise that that I did. Because we both forgot what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Welcome to Chapter Chumps, a reading podcast where three chumps read several chapters, multiple chapters of a book. We're we're reading two chapters each week. Wait, what? No, not today. Not today. Okay, we read one chapter. We right. read one chapter today. But it's it was funny. because there was only one chapter I, left. I just find it funny that that the the one time we read one chapter is the episode that you say that we read mul- we we read multiple chapters every week. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. There's, there's no reason before. for me to give this introduction. <laughs> there's no. Re- it doesn't matter. Uh, welcome to Chapter Chumps, a reading podcast where we read books and talk about them. Uh, I'm your host, Connor. I also never say our names, by the way, but we're just we're just jumping into it and breaking all the rules today. I'm your host, Connor. I'm joined as ever by my uh, two co-hosts, Connor and Josh. Um, and today Present. we're going to be discussing. <laughs> today we're going to be discussing chapter ten of book two of the first book. Of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, which, which is really just to say we're discussing the last chapter of the Fellowship of the Ring. We finished the book. We're going to be discussing our thoughts on the final chapter and then talking about the book as a whole. Yeah. And I mean, if, and you know, because it it's, hmm. it's books within books within books. Some people even call it bookception. You know, I've I've read on on Reddit, you know, the Lord of the Rings Reddit, people are going around calling it bookception. They're like, <laughs> How many fucking books are in this thing? you know? So if if you're confused about, you know, the order or uh, you know, how to categorize them, just hit us up. We'll we'll explain it to you because we got it down at this point. It took a while, but we're we gotta unlock. I I think we are 
at the level of we've been talking about Tolkien scholars on this podcast, and I think yeah. we've like reached that. Oh yeah, I think that plateau. I by mean, now. we 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 should have uh, honorary PhDs at this point. Who do we who do we write to about that? Cracked. Yeah, we can <laughs> we can write to cracked, and then uh, we'll answer ourselves because we'll have bought it. <laughs> then, and then we'll make a listicle about it's it. The perfect. It's the perfect plan. Connor, Josh, you just gotta crunch you, those numbers. Didn't you the other episode um, say like call it Bookception or something? Because it's like so many books, like books within books. It's like so many books. It's like you think you're at the end of a book, but you're at, but, oh no, it's you know we got more book. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't. I just—it's funny because I think you're confusing me with you. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Maybe. Which, I can't be that hard to do. I mean, we have the same name. Yeah, I know that. I mean, it's very easy. It's very. And, I don't know if that uh, ever comes up in other like avenues of your life where it's like, oh, you know, did did I do that or was that Connor? You know, it's like you, you got to keep that straight sometimes, right? Yeah, and um, I mean. Our like shits when we take a shit, our shits mm. just they, they look very similar. They, I mean, we've we've discussed this heavily. They look nearly identical. Um, we've done experiments where we, you know, I'll take a shit and then, and then we'll all take a picture <laughs> of my shit. You'll go yeah, in there, right. you'll take a shit, take a picture, and they're they're very very close. There's just a couple specks of green that that are the difference, but the yeah. shape and everything. So yeah, a lot of similarities here. It's it's weird because like our diets aren't similar at all. No, either, no, so. no, no. Yeah, yeah. You you're a vegetarian, and I eat popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Is there a name for that when you just eat popcorn? Um, very unwell. I like Josh's uh, suggestion. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, of course, you're you're unwell. For sure. I mean, yeah, but um, but concessionarian. I mean, that's pretty funny. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean that that fits too with with because I like hot dogs too and soda. So like I yep. That's that actually that's pretty fitting for me actually. What are your thoughts on yeah. the, what was that? You froze. What are your thoughts on milk duds? Okay, so I I freaking loved milk duds. Um, concessionarian. I know. Yeah, no, I, I, I really love Milk Duds. I, uh, I love, I, you know, pretty much all concession foods and candy. I just can't eat most of it anymore. Are, are Milk Duds um, chewy? Because I feel I like know, I'm yeah. thinking, like, when I think of Milk Duds, I think of, like, Whoppers, but Whoppers aren't Milk Duds. No, right? no, Whoppers are hard. Milk Duds are chewy. And Milk Duds are kind oh, of yeah. like... Milk Duds are so fucked up. I fucking hate Milk Duds. They're, so, I fucking hate Milk Duds. There there are some things that can give people pause. Like, they're, sometimes they're, like, chalky, you know? Like, you bite in... I, I, and I, I don't know. I don't, it's I don't like, like it. I, don't want, I, like I don't want dud, candy that could either be chalky or chewy. I don't like whoppers. Yeah. Those are those are too a, hard. A milk dud, a milk dud should be a whopper. It's satisfying to bite into the the, the crispiness of it. No, a milk it's too dud, much. A milk too dud much. is like a single serving. You know what other fucking thing fucking sucks? Like the worst fucking thing. I can't believe people make it. People should be on a list if they go out and spend their money on this shit. Cowtails. 
yeah. Who the fuck is going out? I I don't even I I, I would I try to ignore but those a, when I look, a, when a I see milk them. dud a milk dud is just a cow tail in like tiny ball form. No 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 no. You're you're, you're well, barking up the wrong duds. tree. You're barking up the wrong tree. Cows and milk. Come on. I, are I we mean, gonna talk about milk, Lord of the Rings today? Are That's good, what I'm but, here for. But you know what my favorite uh, concession candy is, and maybe maybe one of you can guess this. Popcorn. Um, besides, besides wait, popcorn. wait. Can my concession well, wait, candy? I mean, a, con- a concession candy. What is a concession candy? I'd say it's anything you find in one of those con- boxes. One of the boxes. Yeah. A, yeah. Oh, oh, I think I know it. Um, Swedish fish. Or wait, is it Sour Patch Kids? That's you. You're just talking about yourself. <laughs> When have I ever eaten well, Swedish fish? You're right. I do like Swedish yeah, fish. Yeah, you love Swedish fish. <laughs> yeah, they are good. They are good. This is this is what I'm saying. We're getting ourselves confused. I know. We're do- no, I'm doing thinking, it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about myself, and I'm talking about you. <laughs> what is it, then? I don't fucking okay. know. Cookie dough bites. That actually does sound interesting. So fucking good. Connors, you've had it those. It sounds before. interesting. Have you never had cookie dough bites? I usually ignore all the candy this because is Josh it's so overpriced. Is that Connor? Is that that can't be a surprise to you that Josh has never had cookie dough bites? No, it is a surprise to this me. Josh, never had cookie dough Josh. bites. This is Josh, though. I default to whatever the purest form of chocolate I can find is. So, I mean, like. Like M and M's or like Hershey Kisses, or if I'm just getting candy or little or like the little individually wrapped chocolate bars or just a full <laughs> chocolate bar, but I don't but buy do candy that like, much. Do you? Okay, so I know you don't like candy that much, but I mean, like, so obviously you like I didn't chocolate. Say that. You've I never wanted. You've never wanted to like be like, oh, like what's this chocolate gonna taste like with cookie dough on it? I mean, like, I don't understand. I, I mean, not at the movie theater. And I, I, I don't go walking down the candy aisle at the at the supermarket that often because it I will I buy I, I will buy too much. Josh, um, all all that we you know we should leave it on this is, is that you are missing out. They are a delicious treat. All right, I just said I. It sounds like interesting because I have had like cookie dough before, so I would I would fucking hope so. Yeah, the uh, I think Pillsbury's they have like little. Uh, like break apart cookie dough things that's technically edible without cooking like this it says so on the package they so do I get, I get that. they do yeah, I mean, have you ever made cookie dough and eaten it have i ever made like cooked it or like made my own cookie dough like made scratch? your own cookie dough i've made cookies from scratch before and did you try the dough i am i think so yeah you better have josh don't i mean yeah because you I, I'm better have eaten the dough when you made those cookies from wait, scratch. If if he hasn't, if he hasn't, he should. He, he probably went like this. Dope. You know, like the I guy from not. The Simpsons. This is a uh, like a cracked article waiting to happen. It'd be like you know, uh, ten ten worst concession stand candies. Cowtails are number one. <laughs> For some reason, my thought was number one: the napkins. <laughs> Some of them are, are actually are pretty yummy, the napkins. I mean, if you soak them in enough, if you tear them up and soak them in enough butter, they'll, you can just sell it as popcorn. 
This is going to be the first uh, podcast in a long time where I'm like, we're going to have to put a pot, uh, a timestamp for when the discussion starts. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say like, trigger okay, warning. Like, yeah, yeah. Tr- I don't know. Trigger warning. Milk dud talk. Well, we're fi- we're 16 minutes in on my count, so here we go. Here we go. We're let's do it. Good. Let's let's talk about Lord of the Rings. If you like it, then the you should Fellowship put a of the Ring. ring. If you we like should hold off on this concessions talk until it. we actually watch the movie. Chapter ten yeah. of Book Two: The Breaking of the Company. <laughs> the Breaking of the Fellowship. Yes. Oh, that's I. That's just funny because they never once refer to themselves as the Fellowship in this book the entire time. Are you certain about that? Because I have a note I am that. because I know the exact note you're talking about, <laughs> Josh. I took a note of it too, and Aragorn says, like, oh, our company has gone so far in fellowship. Yep. He does use the word, but they don't call themselves a fellowship. They're a company within fellowship. They're they're a company that has grown through fellowship. Yes. I I am pretty sure this is the first time that word has been used outside of the title and the chapter title. And it, it's just fucking crazy. <laughs> it's just after, fucking crazy. The whole book's named after it. And you assume the fellowship is the company. But no, it, apparently the fellowship is literally the friends we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, actually, I, I did take an exact. It says, what shall now become of our company that has traveled so far in fellowship? I yeah. mean... It's literally the friendship we found along the way. <laughs> and half of, it, half of it existed before the story started between all the hobbits. The other half just happened in the middle of the st- in like the span of a sentence when the fucking elf and dwarf whose names escape me currently, uh, Legolas and Gimli, decided they're friends all of a sudden. Yeah. And then Boromir is kind of the odd man out here. I mean, him and Aragorn have like a kind of a bro thing going on, I guess. A bit, the yeah. Gondor bros. A little bit. And Gandalf's the, the one who can herd the cats until he dies, so. Um, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, this no, you didn't. Where, this, this is the part where you usually give us the rundown of the chapters. The synopsis I, yeah, the chapter. I'm glad. I need the reminder because it feels like this this episode, I don't know why we're ending on like all over the place. Like we've had a pretty good structure leading up to this and and now the last episode talking about the fellowship, it's like just throw it all out the window. Yeah, Who knows what the fuck's way. going on here? Better this way. We're talking about milk duds. Um Yeah, so this chapter, um in terms of what actually happens, it's pretty brief. Um but uh, the company comes to rest at, um, I think it's this hill, it's like Amen Hen, and, um, and so they're like, okay, we need to make, this is the point where we have to make a decision. Are we going to continue to Mordor, or are we going to go to Minas Tirith? And the company is split on this. Um, a lot of people want to go to Minas Tirith, interestingly enough, which I want to talk more about. Yep. Um, but the decision is placed on Frodo as the ring bearer, and he feels like he can't make it right away, so he asks for some time to think. He goes off on his own, 
And while he is sitting and thinking, Boromir shows up. And Boromir is like, hey, you know how I've been saying that, like, we should use the ring for ourselves to, like, destroy the forces of Mordor? And Frodo's like, yeah. And Boromir's like, I think we should take the ring for ourselves and use it to destroy the forces of Mordor. Frodo's like, I still think that's a bad idea. Um, so Bormir is under the influence of the ring, and when he tries to take it from Frodo, Frodo puts the ring on, and as he's escaping, he climbs to the top of the hill where there's the seat of seeing, and he has, like, these... I think it's kind of a mix between what he's like literally seeing and having like visions while wearing the ring. Yeah, it and, sounds like it's like binocular vision, like or yeah. like telescope vision that also like lets you see into the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or at least from a great distance. I wasn't sure if all the things he's seeing are currently happening, but again, I guess we'll talk more about that. Um, and so like. Middle-earth is preparing for all-out war, and and Frodo feels the Eye of Sauron on him, and as he panics, he takes the ring off, and he's like, okay, holy shit, I have to take the ring to Mordor, and I have to do it by myself, because I can't ask anyone to go with me. So the rest of the company eventually, you know, Boromir comes back, he tells them what happened, sort of, and everyone's like, wow, Boromir, holy shit, but okay, we have to find Frodo. So everyone splits up to go find Frodo, um, and ultimately it's Sam with his own quick thinking and his familiarity and knowledge of Frodo through their fellowship um, that that um, gives him the the understanding, the knowledge of where Frodo must be. He finds him at the boat. Frodo's leaving by himself. Sam's like, you're not going without me. And Frodo's like, God damn it, Sam, but I do love you. And uh, <laughs> the two of them go on the boat and and uh, continue the journey on together. Just the two of them toward Mordor. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What about this? Just the two of us will destroy the ring if we try. Just the two of us avoid the eye. Yeah, I was going to do that. Like, Something like something that, right? About the eye, yeah. Something was, about the eye, yeah. That was good. Maybe that's a theme song going forward. Maybe we we yeah. go back to putting the theme song in. Yeah. Maybe we continue to not have a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, People people like theme songs. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe people can vote. We have all those people. Yeah, true. We we do have the. They people. can decide. They can decide for us. We'll place the burden on uh, another bearer of that. Okay, fair so, enough. So so yeah, so that's the theme song. That's our chapter there. Um. What did you think, Connor? How, how did you feel about reading uh, the last chapter of book two of the first book of the trilogy of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring? Uh, it felt good. It felt good to, to open it up knowing it was the end. Um, 
of the beginning. The end of the beginning of the end of the beginning. Um, and yeah, I we we kind of knew that there would be a turn for Boromir that he would kind of have his uh have his moment where where he lashes out and um so yeah, I mean of course like when when he gets alone with Frodo right away, I knew he's going to be a little shit. And mm-hmm. it's just funny cuz like their initial conversation was it was just like mildly um you know, tense like he like really reminded me of like a, I don't know, like just 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 like a bro or something that's like like really debating somebody else who like they they like just just to just to get a rise out of them or just or just for you know debate's sake and just just being like a real asshole about it and and like, um. So so yeah, I just, you know I just feel like he was like trying to push crypto on Frodo or something, um, <laughs> but uh. But yeah, Frodo handled it pretty well getting out of there and uh I I I don't know. I'm I'm I I think this time putting the ring on, he he realized the you know how how much it does fuck you up, you know, obviously he he has his little moment there. Um so that's interesting. He kind of, you know, feels feels more like he has an you know idea of just the kind of evil that that the ring um spreads whether it's on you or or close to you in some way um and then yeah ends on a really nice moment with with sam and frodo uh i thought that was you know really really sweet you know how how sam found him and you know frodo is is like oh thanks buddy I'm happy that you're here, even though you know you're you're you little you shit. Have. Yeah, you you really shouldn't yeah. have. You're probably gonna die, but I'm but I'm happy that that you're joining me. Happy that I'm not gonna die alone. Um, so that was sweet, and then then that's another moment where it's like just one of a, a couple of moments in the entire book so far where I get kind of a, a a true kinship between the two of them, and so that was nice to that that was a nice note to end on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a fellowship even. Yes. <laughs> yeah, some fel- some fellowship between them. A fellowship, you could say. Um, Josh, how about you? How did you feel reading this last chapter of the book? Um The exact feeling is a bit away from me at this point cuz I read like f- almost a week ago at this point. All right, stop um, bragging. Well, no, it's just how my schedule worked out. And I don't know. I, I I was anticipating something in this chapter that I that my memory of the movie uh, had stuck with me, and it didn't happen. And I looked into the synopsis of the movie uh, when I was figuring out what version to get for our watch along later, um, and found out that there are indeed some things that happen in the next book that got moved into the movie for storytelling sake. Uh, so I guess I was a little disappointed that that event didn't happen, uh, especially with how things were starting to shake out. Like clearly they're connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was a little surprised at the end when it just ended with everyone looking for Sam and Frodo and the two of them just sailing away. I was 
honestly thinking like, huh, where's the rest of the book? Yeah. Um, but there were just maps after that page. And uh, while Connor was talking, I, I happened to pull out my copy of the two books and I, I noticed because I was curious. I realized, huh, the second book is a lot thinner than the first book. I wonder if it's because I was I've been stuffing these notes in. I'll check the page numbers to see if it's like the same number of pages or not. Uh, and I opened it up and I see a 900 number. I'm like, wait a minute, because <laughs> this book's 500. Um, so, so it's continuing the page it's continuing numbers. The page numbers, from, which yeah, which this is getting away from your question entirely. But you remember that that note where it's like, go see page 13, whatever. That's absolutely yeah. in Return of the King. Yes. So we're going to have to go and find that when we get to it. Yeah. But yeah. it's also kind of interesting because we've said, you know, several times, like, oh, Lord of the Rings is technically not a trilogy. And it's like, well, it's yep. split up into three books. But, I mean, it's it's good. Um, I, I don't know. Like, evidence sounds like a dumb word to use because no one has to prove that. Like, that's just a well-known fact. But, like, it just yep. shows that that's the case. Like, it doesn't even start over from page one in the next book. So that is kind of funny. Yeah, it's not like Harry Potter where it's each book is, like you said, starts over. Or even Hitchhiker's Guide. Although, since since you and I were reading a Compendium edition, <clears throat> it just kept counting up and up and up and up. Yeah, true. But that is still funny. Um, I know what event, or at least, I mean, without saying it, of course, I'm pretty damn sure about what event you're uh, talking about, Josh, because I remember it too. And... Um, it's also something that I I, I I get the sentiment that you're saying where it's like, where's the rest of the book? Because um, up until this point, I'd only been familiar with the story of the Fellowship with that event happening at the end of it. To see that it's not there in the original form is really interesting. Um, but what makes me more intrigued rather than disappointed is like, oh, well... So that's going to be in the next book, right? Like, kind of has to be. And it's like, I wonder, I don't know, how does that affect the structure? How does that affect the pacing? How do the characters react to that? Is it any different? Does it happen differently? Um, like, reading I, through Fellowship was cool, but I, I, um, I'm really intrigued about the differences between the books and the movies, so I, I found myself a lot more interested knowing that it, it doesn't happen in this book. I actually came across a meme on Reddit like two or three weeks ago about this event and a couple of characters' reactions to it, where in the movie it's one way, and in the book it's very much in a different direction. Uh, mm. But, I mean, I when we get to it, let me know, because I probably forgot I'm telling you about this, but it's it's a silly thing. Where it could be easily it could easily be mis been a misinterpretation of how things are playing out. It involves a song. I'll just say that. <laughs> Great. Is Great. it the the bird is the word? The meme was about that energy. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> wow. But yeah, no. Connor, Connor must know what we're talking about. It'll be interesting because this will be an event that Connor's going to experience from the movie first, just like you and I. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, I don't want to watch the movie now if it's going to spoil the book for me. It's going to spoil the first chapter of the first book. Yeah, no, sorry. We're, we can't do that. I'll have to veto the movie. Uh, it's all right. I guess we'll just continue to watch the animated ones. I imagine they follow the 
but that the plot closer. We already determined that. That's combined uh, too. Right, that'll spoil the two towers. God damn it! Well, yeah, we had... we can't win. All right, no, no movies for us. And I just bought the the uh, 4K Blu-rays. Send them back. Mm. Send them back, Josh. Nah, I think we'll keep them. JK, or better yet, burn them. A little spoiler has never hurt anyone. <laughs> I love spoilers, man. <laughs> yeah. Be so careful when we go talk about Doctor Who. Even though I'm usually like half a day behind you. You're you're crazy, man. You're crazy. You're like I love spoilers and milk duds. I mean, that's just a wild track record to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, literally eighty percent of my communication with Connor outside of our group chat is me just texting my live reaction to a doctor whatever the latest doctor who episode is <laughs> yeah that that's because i know my, he's watched it one of my favorite i warn um, him yeah 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 one of my favorite things about when doctor who comes back on is that um yeah josh i'll just have like a just so many texts from josh live it's like i'll have to mute him and and you know, like if, if i'm like doing something you, you else it later like a twitter thread that's exactly what i do yeah and, it, and then, yep. then i respond to, to like whatever i need to but yeah it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun little tradition wow you guys are crazy i love you god bless you okay um was was there anything um Anything that I, I, I feel like I, I wasn't sure if you were done, I guess is what I'm saying, Josh, or if, if there was anything else you, you wanted to mention before we kind of get into the specifics. I didn't know if I missed anything from you. Nope. That, the reason I have specific notes is because I can't remember the whole general feeling that well after several days. So, All right. I don't have very many notes on this chapter, and I think... Neither do I. Um, you know, we'll kind of have more to say on the book as a whole, like we're saying in the second half here, but let's get into our notes for the chapter then. Do you want to start, Josh? Sure. I mean, my first one is what we went over about literally the first use of the word fellowship outside of a title. Yeah, um, it's just really fucked up. And just jumped out at me. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like my, my note here is just like, it's the first time. And then it's like a side note of just like, can I say roll credits in the middle of a book? <laughs> it's the one thing. The end of it? Yeah, well, it being a book, not a, a TV show or a, a yeah. movie. Um, I don't watch CinemaSins anymore, but that is the one joke that stuck with me. The the roll credits. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, a couple pages later. Uh, I think it's... When Boromir's talking to Frodo... Uh, he starts referring to himself in the third person and then he goes uh, the ring would give me power of command how I would drive the host of Mordor and all men would flock to my banner the way he words that makes me think of how um, oh, fuck what's her name gives me boss baby vibes Galadriel Galadriel thank you it's like my, my brain was flipping between Gwendolyn and Lothlorien. I was like, that is not right. Kind of not sounds too like, far off either, but yeah, it, it was like he had a but... spice vision of the future. Mm. <laughs> I know uh, what you but, mean. But Galadriel had the Ring of Adamant, and yes. so it's making me wonder if the One Ring, which we've only heard referred to as the One Ring, the Ring, or Isildur's Bane, uh, 
if its power is just literally command, aside from the invisibility thing. Like, it is the ring of command. Yeah. But it's, um, this is Boromir going through his uh, madness, as we later find out. Again, yeah. from him. So, this may not be reliable information. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my... That's, Sorry, I looked out at the rest of the note. It says unreliable narrator. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is interesting because we know that the the one ring, like w- one of its main powers, is that of course it controls the other rings of power, which is what makes it so. Like part of what makes it so powerful, I think, is like no matter how powerful the other rings are, like that's just power to the advantage of the one ring because it's like oh well you control all of them um yep. so i guess what i'm wondering is 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 your theory here josh that the one ring like when you say the power of command that it, it would extend beyond the rings of power and that you like literally would have the ability to command others in, in just whatever form maybe i didn't really flesh it out that much i mean yeah it could it could be just command over the rings and it's and their bearers uh, maybe Boromir thinks it would give him command over Sauron, uh, or he just thinks it gives him command over anybody. Again, this is Boromir saying this, so it could absolutely be 100% wrong. It's just a just a concept or an idea that it yeah. is the Ring of Command and not just the Ring uh, that I just want to bring up. Yeah, I gotcha. And the other thing you said was Boromir referring to himself in the third person. Did you bring oh, yeah, that up because okay. you think it's funny? or Yeah, because I thought it was a little silly. And well, I, was, I was rereading the passage in that moment. I was like, it's like, why not Boromir? And I'm just thinking, why not Zoidberg? <laughs> that is pretty fucking funny. But um, I think there's maybe a means of connecting those ideas. Because I, when I read that line, I also like noticed that Boromir was referring to himself in the third person. But... Um, didn't really think anything of it because it's like you know old people just talk. It's like old timey shit, whatever. Like yeah, books old. But like, okay, so like thinking about Boromir being under like ring madness, it's like, are these even Boromir's words? Like, is the third person actually important? Because it, you know, it's like in a way, like it's not even really Boromir talking, is it? Like maybe that kind of alludes to why Boromir refers to himself in the third person because it's not even really from Boromir's perspective. It's like it's the ring talking through Boromir. Right. That's a good point. Hmm. But I, I didn't think about that either until you, you know, brought your stuff up. So Yeah, no, that's I'm thinking. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. I don't know, something to think about. Something to think about. Um, I don't. I don't think we really see that consistently with other people. It's not like people always do that, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe something to keep an eye on as as other people lose their fucking minds around the ring, if and when that happens. <laughs> um, I got a feeling <clears throat> it's gonna. Yeah. Just got a Actually, feeling. Connor. <clears throat> since we're since we're kind of on that topic. If you don't mind, Josh, can I? Um, I, I want to get into a maybe a side question here related to that. Sure. Because um, Connor, I feel like you've you've said several times as we go through this book 
you're like, I'm waiting for ring shit to happen. Like, I'm waiting for people to, like, ah, like the ring, you know, it's too powerful. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that anything was, like, fucking crazy at the end. But, but I mean, in this last chapter, I think, I think we finally kind of get maybe what you were expecting. Yeah. You know, like, like you probably thought something like this was going to happen like 300 pages sooner. You yep, know what I mean? Exactly. And now it's at the end of the book. I, I was wondering um, maybe how you felt about how it was executed. Like, were you still expecting more? What are your thoughts on that? Um, no, no. I mean, I, I was happy to get it. Um, it, it, it made sense to me, to, you know, to act as sort of a cliffhanger. Um, or not, not entirely, but, but a cliffhanger enough of, uh, kind of like, oh shit, the ring is actually this powerful, um, to kind of infect somebody in the own, in, in, uh, their own company or, uh, or fellowship as, as some, some might say, um, Interesting. yeah. And, uh, because it was the first time I feel like it was subtle i mean not really but but the first real like negative effects that the ring had on like people that aren't just frodo or you know whatever um so yeah that that was cool and and um yeah i mean i i still hope to see more of it and 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 to watch that kind of tension grow between frodo and everyone else yeah. But but you know Boromir was signposted for it. Like I you know I kind of knew he was going to be the one to, to cave into this you know um, manipulation first. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if like the whole book Tolkien's like, oh man, Aragorn has this weird look in his eye, and what's up with Aragorn? And then like it's Legolas who tries to take the ring instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that I'm not would saying be, that would be good. That would but. be a cool, um, you know, red herring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at the, at the time, you know, this, this was more about like delivering like a sturdy, interesting, well-structured story. And it's like, it's like too early to be like, we're going to subvert these tropes. It's like Tolkien yeah. was making the tropes. That's so. exactly it. Yeah, Tolkien's not a writer that would. I mean, he he has things to subvert, but that's like Shakespeare, you know. Like yeah, like yeah. He, like maybe he he uh, subverts some some tropes from like epic poems from you know right right centuries yeah and centuries ago. We wouldn't be uh, entirely familiar with yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it is uh, it is interesting. I'm I'm glad that. Uh, we finally got like a big ring scene like this. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, same. It's cool. All right, Josh, uh, your next note. Next note. Um, sticking with Boromir and his madness, uh, he <clears throat> comes to his senses as soon as Frodo leaves. So my thought here or a question in my note is, is his madness driven by proximity to the ring? Mm. Which I think is a fair guess because, I mean, when you wear the ring, it's got its most influence over you. You can actually, like, access the powers and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, Bilbo and um, 
Gollum, sorry, blanking on the name. They, uh, I mean, we haven't really seen Gollum with the ring since The Hobbit, but they don't seem to feel its effects as much. They seem to feel its absence. Right. But actually being, like, affected by it where it changes them, I don't think that happens until they're close. And Boromir, throughout their river journey, is always trying to get closer and it when he gets finally does get closer, that's when he snaps and starts acting the way he does. And then as soon as Frodo runs away, he seems to be back to himself and like regretting everything he just said. Yeah, true. Trying to say that a madness took took over took me over. Yeah, I think it's fair <clears throat> definitely to say that the closer you are to the ring, the greater its effects are on you. Um, also, it feels it, it feels like a weak like excuse. Like a madness took me, but it has passed. Come back. Yeah, maybe, but I feel like the ring is one of the the few things where you could be like, yeah, I mean, like I get it. Yeah, because that is kind of its whole deal. I mean, it, it, it's it's not like Boromir fought against it very hard. It seems, but like that is kind of like the deal, right? It, yeah, it, I'm just saying it's, it feels weird as a 21st century reader. Um, oh, but, yeah. but then again, I, I watch a hell of a lot of Star Trek and there's a lot of the, yeah, he tried to kill us all last week, but that's because the alien was influencing him or something like that. Yeah, so. I mean, it's just like an abusive ex, you know, he, that keeps on coming back and is like, mm. oh, no, that was that was the, uh, you know, I was drinking too much high C. Blame, just blaming it on other things but yeah. i mean you know i think i think the ring is a valid excuse but also boromir is maybe predisposed to behaving like that maybe you know what i mean like it's not just the yeah. Ring. yeah 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 I, I, and i mean like we see that just by the virtue of having the other uh, members of the company. Because it's like, well, Gimli didn't try to take the ring. Legolas yeah. didn't try to take the ring. So it's like, Boromir did it. What does that say about him? You know, it's it's not that Boromir is evil, you know. Um, but But he has reasons, like valid reasons for feeling like you know, they need power um, to withstand Sauron's forces because his people really are on the front lines and, like, fighting the good fight against orcs and whatever the fuck else, you know, uh, whatever dark forces of Sauron's uh, army, you know, are are trying to expand into Middle-earth. Like, that's... That's uh, Minas Tirith's whole thing, is that, like, most people on Middle-earth think that it's like, oh, the sky's darker, but largely it's fine. And, like, you know, Boromir, when he's at the Council of Elrond, he's like, the only reason things seem fine is because we wake up and kill demons every day. Um, <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny because, like, we don't really see that in the book. It's something that we're just told about, but... I do think it it definitely factors into Boromir's perspective where it's like, well, I, I think he has a 
good a reason as any to want the ring in the sense that it's like, well, you know, if you're if you're battling, if you're really fighting, you know, hand and fist every day, it's like, you know, he has just a warrior's mentality. He's not thinking about the end goal and destroying the ring, which will like solve every other problem. He's like, what are the odds of that even happening? Um, so, you know, not to be a Boromir apologist, because <laughs> I do think that, um, I do, I do think that, uh, like he also has a responsibility to like fight against those urges or like recognize that as like a dark impulse from the ring. And that but you it, think but he's it, a good guy it, and would hang out with him if you knew him in person? Yeah, I'd have a beer with him, sure. Or a flagon <laughs> I, of. I just like him because he could have a beer with him. He's like a guy that you could have a beer with. <laughs> That's why I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> but, but he he does he does have reasons for like wanting that. It's it's just that they get twisted by the ring, which again that's that's what the ring does. That's what Galadriel says too. She's like, hey, yeah, if I got the ring, obviously I would wield it with the best intentions. But you that that only ever ends with you becoming corrupted. You can't maintain that sense of integrity no matter how pure your heart is if you put the ring on to try to accomplish something good it will only ever end badly boromir doesn't see it that way i think you hit the nail on the head with that sentence yeah yeah i I think that's the whole theme of the ring yeah it's like a monkey's paw yeah i mean and even i'm just talking about it but like saying like oh that's the theme of the ring it's like okay well then what is the ring a stand-in for it feels like it just has to be the concept of power Mm -hmm. not to be like that's the only thing but i mean that's certainly the first thing that comes to my mind and so is is tolkien's uh thought here that the acquisition of power leads to corruption that that trying to become more powerful is inherently bad i don't know i think he was just writing a cool story as he says in the the uh, the forward of this book not everything's yeah, about I, politics <laughs> but but just to remind you josh because In the second episode, I came back to that, and Tolkien doesn't say that there's no themes in the book. No. He says there's no themes other than what the author intended. He doesn't say what... It's kind of a fun mystery. He doesn't say what those themes are. He doesn't just come out and say, this is what Lord of the Rings is about. But it's not that there's no themes in Lord of the Rings. It's that he as the author feels like if you're trying to find themes in Lord of the Rings that he believes um, he didn't intend he would disagree with that but I do think it's worth considering like what are the themes what could they be yeah even though like I don't I don't think given what we're trying to accomplish here you know like we're not going to find a perfect answer we're not gonna like read tolkien's letters and all that other shit like but 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 there is thematic value to be found in lord of the rings that's all 
Yes. No, I, he I did just... want to write a course, a cool story, but but there's both. That's all. Yeah, I, I was just teasing with the the prelude thing, but yeah. Oh, okay. That would be hilarious if there was like an author of a, like a such a, a massively popular book series. It's like, yeah, there's no themes in this book. It just shit just happens. <laughs> you know, like it's a, such a funny thing to for for someone to say. I know. Well, I mean, that's why I was so taken aback when we read the the foreword or whatever at the beginning of this book. Because the first time I read it, that's kind of what I thought he was saying. He was like, don't worry about it. There's no themes. And I was like, what the fuck? In Lord of the Rings? And then I went back and reread it. And he's like, well, no, okay, there's themes. But, like, if you find a theme that I didn't intend, then I think it's bullshit and you're stupid. And it's like, okay. <laughs> that's, I okay, I get it. A- at least I think that's what he meant. Um... Sure, you're not reading between the lines to read what you want to read from Tolkien. Ah, uh, you know, that's the question, isn't it? Mm. I guess as we continue to read, and especially as we we find the ultimate fate of uh, these characters and the ring itself, like typically you have to know the ending of something to be like, oh, that's what the author is trying to say. Now I get it, understanding the full scope of the story, but. I mean, having read the first book, it does kind of feel like the quest for power is inherently corrupting, corruptive, even if done with good intentions. And there's even a fucking saying for that, right? What is that? The road to whatever the fuck is paved with good intentions. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Is that it? Yep. And in a similar vein, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes. Which I fucking love that quote because that's exactly what Herbert grapples with in Dune. But then he twists that too. And he doesn't feel like that's the right way to phrase it. He says, uh, he says, um, absolute power attracts the corruptible. Not that. Not that power, not that power corrupts people, but that it attracts those who are susceptible to corruption. And I will get off my soapbox here. Looks like government. (laughs) It is kind of funny thinking about that because that is actually sort of what we're talking about here. Because we were just having the conversation where it's like, oh, was Boromir always predisposed to be, be influenced by the ring? Why wasn't anyone else? And it's like, oh, like... Maybe Herbert does have the right of it yeah. if we're only looking at that point. I I feel like his idea is like definitely a jumping off from and, and obviously Tolkien didn't even invent this concept, right? Of course, but um, but yeah, Herbert definitely expands upon and kind of updates that idea in a cool way, and that makes me think of I think I talked about this on Dune Dudes before, but um. Frank Herbert like wanted to install an experimental government where like all these roles um, would would be given out like jury duty so like you wouldn't campaign for it you don't have to want it it's just like you, uh, like you know you you're just selected and if you're capable then then that's your job for a while and it's like random which is it's a very crazy idea but um, I think that's that's a a, a direct response to um, power attracting the corruptible. Yeah. 
Never thought of that before. I don't think it would work above a municipal level, to be honest. Especially when you have, like, state secrets that need to be kept for security and stuff. Could you imagine but... the president being just, like, a guy that got called into jury duty? <laughs> like, oh, my God. oh, I gotta be the president <laughs> this month. International diplomacy would break down overnight. Yeah. Yeah. But it um, it is a fascinating idea. I mean, I do love me no. dearly for it. I, I, I would love to see it ex, uh, implemented on, 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 like, a municipal level. See how that yeah. That yeah. worked out. Maybe not a major city, but like, like the kind of town we grew up in, like suburbia. Mm-hmm. That might be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or an HOA. <laughs> HOAs. So like, I've seen so a lot of discourse about those on Twitter. Oh yeah, I. I would be more receptive to an HOA if it had that kind of governing governing structure, but. Yeah. Um. I would like to avoid one at all costs. Yeah, I know. They sound horrible. Yeah. It's funny. You're not a part of that as a uh, HO? Nope. I My neighborhood does not have an HOA, thankfully. Oh. Not because yet. they probably would tell you to get rid of that statue. They probably would. Yeah. And I would actually agree with them. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't. I don't. That, that's a, It's very strange that he hates it so much he hasn't removed it yet. I, yeah, I really wouldn't be that hard. I literally don't think about it unless I'm outside and can see it. Like, I just don't think about it. So I, when I go to the I, – I can't move it by myself, and I need some equipment that I just haven't bothered to buy from the store yet. When your neighbors see you walk down the street, Josh, all they can think about is that statue in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> it was left by the previous owner. Yeah, they don't all know that. They don't know that. I'm literally the newest homeowner in this place. They don't think that hard, though. All they know is that you're the yeah. guy that, that lives right. with that. Right. They say who's in the house and who's yeah. got the statue. Yeah. One plus one equals two to them. Yeah. They're, they're not like, oh, poor, that poor guy. He moved into it with that statue. He moved into that house. He inherited yeah. it. Ah, poor yeah. They're, guy. They're, they're thinking, why the hell hasn't that guy gotten rid of that weird-ass statue? I mean, I, I, I thought I thought with a new homeowner, they finally would have gotten rid of that statue. And now it's been how long and they haven't gotten rid of that statue. <laughs> Maybe that will inspire the installation of an HOA in your neighborhood. That would suck. Be and careful. then you'd be responsible for it in some way. Ugh. But there'd be a I, there's another few other houses on this neighborhood that would have so many more violations from an HOA. <laughs> All right. Like name and trailer. Shame. I don't know any names, but I can point no, out like there's full shame, address. Shame, shame, shame. There's, there's a house with a with a trailer that's just packed full of junk. It's been there for over a year, uh, just in the road. Um, there's another house. A couple houses just have poorly maintained uh, yards, which understandable. There's a lot of elderly people in this neighborhood. Um, yeah, that's that's no excuse though. Mm trying to think it's a small neighborhood so there's not too many but like I mean, a, a statue I just, hidden at the end of the street not a big deal I just hope that nobody from your neighborhood listens to this podcast Josh I, unless there's someone literally outside walking around with the window because I have the window open no one's listening to this podcast I don't know I just you know our fan base is growing every day yeah I've been putting especially <laughs> Especially the um, the the uh, foot fetish crowd, and you know when I 
drive to your house, Josh, and I'm pulling into the neighborhood, the first thing I think of is like, I think these people are into feet. You know, just it, that's just the vibe I get, like of the of the kind of sort of people that live on that street. Have you ever gotten I think that we feeling? Keep moving because it would explain the statue. It would explain the statue, and in a weird way, it, 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 they're they're related. I think we should keep talking about the chapter in Lord of the Rings because, well, we're we're not done with the chapter, and we still have the rest of the book to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, can I go off of uh, on a note here? Go off, go King. For it. So, <laughs> um, I liked I liked this part of the chapter where. Frodo, um, he, he leaves on his own to, to think. And like, we kind of get this moment where he is reflecting, you know, here at the last chapter, we get kind of this reflection on the journey. Uh, it says he sat down upon the stone and cupped his chin in his hands, staring eastwards, but seeing little with his eyes. I really love that line because it's like mm. we all know that feeling of just like spacing out. Like it's not that you're not yep. looking at something, but you just don't register what you're looking at. And I think Tolkien captured that really well. And then it, it continues. It says, um, "All that had happened since Bilbo left the Shire was passing through his mind, and he recalled and pondered everything that he could remember of Gandalf's words." Time went on, and still he was no nearer to a choice. So. Uh, I just I just liked this idea of like Frodo thinking back, like taking a moment to think about kind of everything that he's feeling and going through right now is a direct result of Gandalf and Bilbo. And it's like, yeah, you know, we read The Hobbit. Um, but it's just funny that the characters are so aware of that, too. And so, like, Fro- you know, but uh, Frodo's not resentful about it. He's not like, oh, fuck you, Bilbo, you know. But just, like, <laughs> kind of realizing this this continuing chain of consequences over time, it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, if Gandalf didn't, like, basically force Bilbo to go on this adventure, then he never would have found the ring and this and that. And then I wouldn't be here, like, fucking 1,000 miles away from home sitting on top of this mountain thinking about if I'm going to continue into, like, the Dark Lord's sanctuary to destroy the ultimate evil. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that as a character moment for Frodo, and I like that as um, kind of encouraging the reader, I feel like, to kind of look back and think about that, too. It's like Frodo's thinking about that that same thing you know it's like lord of the rings is this weird consequence of this one uh you know sort of inconsequential thing in the hobbit didn't didn't even really matter that much in the hobbit and now it's like you know now look where we are um and then when frodo's thoughts are interrupted by boromir i also specifically liked that boromir was introduced as like having like kind eyes or a kind face like when boromir shows up tolkien writes that you know he looks like relaxed and kind and but again like you realize as the reader there's like a disconnect you're like i know that boromir's fucked up you know for however many fucking since fucking the first page that boromir was introduced in the council of elrond tolkien has always made a point to be like boromir's thinking about the ring 
He wants the ring. He's looking at Frodo like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, he's being introduced with kind eyes. And just speaking for myself, I was like, I don't trust this motherfucker as far as I can throw him. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting way for Tolkien to kind of introduce this tension. Because Frodo is thinking, oh, Boromir's here. He's my friend. He looks really kind. He's here to help me think about this. And the reader is like, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, you're like, when? when's yeah. the mask going to come off? Because this isn't right. Um, and so... I felt like those two things kind of flowed really naturally into each other. And uh, I don't know. I liked all the Boromir shit. This chapter made Boromir more interesting to me, too. So I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I think I think last chapter started to get me interested because he, he was really starting to show the effects of the ring. Uh, but this is where it really broke. For sure. I do have uh, just a handful left, but Josh, if you want to go on to your next one, we can kind of go back and forth and we'll finish up the chapter. Yeah. Um, so my next note is just actually just like this really awesome description that I like in this chapter. But against Midas Tirith was yet another fortress, greater and more strong. Thither eastward, unwilling his eye was drawn. It passed the ruined bridges of Osgiliath, uh, the grinning gates of Minas Morgul, and the haunted mountains. And it looked upon Gorgoroth, the valley of terror in the land of Mordor. Darkness lay there under the sun. Fire glowed amid the smoke. Mount Doom was burning and a great reek rising. Then at last his gaze was held. Wall upon wall, battlement upon battlement. Black, immeasurably strong, mountain of iron, gate of steel, tower of adamant. He saw it. Barad Dur, fortress of Sauron. All hope left him. Yeah, that was really it. That was really well done. It is. Um, yeah, so this is our our first real look at the the Fortress of Sauron, which doesn't have the eye floating above it like it does in the movie. But no, it's not described that way. It's still like you you're reading this and you just imagine this tower just rising out of the landscape like you you feel like you're rising with it mm. or like 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 the the camera panning up and stuff like that um and it it just is intimidating definitely yeah i mean it's a good um i guess i don't know as as we end this book and it's like okay so we know Frodo's going to Mordor Tolkien takes another moment here to show you what you're really up against you know it's like this is the end goal it's like if you even get there you know how what are you gonna do so so yeah. what like you're just gonna get it's there hopeless. and then what yeah right it does really send that message uh, really quick a couple paragraphs later um, he almost runs to the Boromir again or something. Oh, no, no. He, he feels the eye on him. And uh, then as a flash from some other point of power, there came, uh, there came to his mind another thought. Take it off. Take it off, fool. Take it off. Take off the ring. And it's, it's presented as a second voice in his head. Mm -hmm. And so my first thought, my only thought with this was, use the force, Luke. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 
very similar. We we have the old wise wizard character who is seemingly uh, passed on, and he's getting advice at this harrowing moment of what to do. And he follows. So that's really interesting. So you you took that as being Gandalf. Yes. I in gotta some, say, I didn't think about that. Way. That's interesting. Hmm. Did you did you have that thought, Connor? Uh, repeat to me the passage again. Uh, or whatever the relevant bit is. He heard himself crying out, never, never, or was it verily, come, I come to you. He could not tell. Then, as a flash from some other point of power, there came to his mind another thought. Take it off. Take it off, fool. Take it off. Take off the ring. Mm. You think that's Gandalf saying that to him? Yes. Yeah, it sounds like him. I mean, I did not have that thought, though. No, I, He's I, the term fool. I, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that could very well be be him. Um, but no, it didn't, didn't occur to me. Yeah, I, I like that idea too, Josh. I, I didn't think about it. I considered it more as like when we were talking before about Boromir referring to himself in the third person, like the ring kind of having that, that influence over to you, like it's possessing you, it's speaking through you. Because we get that line, it says, Verily, I come to you. And Frodo doesn't even know what he's saying. So the two powers I kind of considered as being like, as... The two worlds uh, inside of you kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just further on, it says, um, it says the two powers strove in him for a moment perfectly balanced between their piercing points. He writhed. And then it says, um, Frodo, neither the voice nor the eye, free to choose. So it does kind of imply that the voice isn't Frodo, too. Yeah. I so the the one telling him to keep the ring on, like bring it to Sauron. I assumed that was Sauron or the ring. So yeah. when I got to that passage and it's talking about the, those two opposing voices and then Frodo being neither of them in his own head, naturally my thought was to figure figure the voice of take it off to be uh, another entity who would want that. So naturally my thought is are Gandalf. Who would have yeah. the power to do such a thing? Yeah, and even mentioning that, like saying the word "fool" is something that Gandalf would do. You know that, like, we know that that's language that he uses. That's yep. a really good point. So, uh, I like that. I don't I, know if it'll ever be confirmed, but we'll see. Yeah, right. I, but it, it's just more like. Um, when you brought that up at first, I was like, really? That's interesting. But I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd say, regardless of what we do or don't find out to, to confirm or deny that, uh, it's a really cool reading of it, Josh. I like that. Thank you. Can I mention quickly, when you were talking about the tower, I have a note on this that I wanted to bring up about something that we discussed before, and it's, very um, minor. It's not important. Go for it. 
Um, so you mentioned the tower, and so it's the tower is described as a tower of adamant. Well, when Galadriel showed her ring, uh, Nenya, it's described as the ring of adamant. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, I think that's describing what the ring is made of. And you're like, ah, but could adamant not also mean to be adamant in something, to persist. And I'm like, Josh, you're so right. That's such a great idea. I, but then I Tolkien uses too. the word adamant to describe the material of the tower. So it's like... Yes. I, I caught that too. And I'm like, huh, maybe Connor was right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted could it to not talk be more both? about how... It, it could very much be both. Yeah. Adamantine... Absolutely could be both. The, in... in uh, uh, D&D at least would, or just uh, fantasy popular, popular fantasy yeah yeah. At the, the material is called anima- adamantine um, and I imagine the name from that comes from the word adamant to persist it's usually a uh, wait a minute uh, I don't actually mean wait a minute keep going yeah. but you just made me think about something so it means it, it really is just like adamant a adamant to persist in just a mineral, I guess, uh, or a, an element, uh, pseudo scientific stuff. But I, it it implies the the properties of this material is that it's it persists. It doesn't decay. It doesn't. Um, uh, what's the word for rust when you're talking about silver? Um, tarnish. It doesn't tarnish. Hmm. Um, it it just persists as it is, and it it's strong. It doesn't bend easily, and it's hard to work because it does it doesn't yield. Um. So yeah, no, it's just you're right. Yeah, I was the thing when I was like, oh wait a minute, was. Oh well, Tolkien invented mithril. I was like, did Tolkien invent adamant? Adamantium? He did not. Okay, that's fair. Uh, it, it sounds like adamant comes from Greek mythology. Actually, that uh, would make sense, especially since it very much sounds like a Greek word. Now that yeah. I think about it. So. Um, you know, Tolkien didn't invent everything, but uh, it is kind of funny to even think like, oh, did he? I would have believed it if the internet, if I, if I found even one cracked article that said he did it, I would have said, okay, I believe it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it certainly can be, could be both, like, adamant to persist, adamant the material, but it, I, I, I did zero in on that when I read it, and I was like, oh, well, here we have that again. <laughs> really not important because regardless we see that the power of Nenya is adamant and persistence so I don't think the reading of that is off at all it's just Tolkien also seems to use the word to describe the material of things so so Connor's right we're both right we're all right I think both, I think both <laughs> is there I think both is it okay um what's next Josh I just have one more note and it's when they we cut back to the rest of the group talking around the campfire by the boats or whatever it is. And we're, it, it's Gimli's turn to speak. 
And when I was reading it, I had the impression that he was at that he was planning to go to Minas Tirith, uh, regardless of what happened. And sorry, I'm trying to read that while I'm talking. I know what you mean. I know the line because I also was a little unsure about it at first. It, it made it sound like he was about to go back on exactly what he said in uh, Rivendell. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you pointed it out way back then because it was the only reason I was thinking about it. Uh, but now it, at the very last second, he does a U-turn and is like, I would choose Minas Tirith, but if he does not, then I follow him, meaning Frodo. Yes. And so it's my, my note here is just like, yeah, he had us going there for... Gimli had me going there for a moment that he had gone back in his word in Rivendell. Uh, but he really wants to, he wants to go to Miss here, but he, he, he will follow Frodo regardless. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing, Josh. I, when I started reading that, Gimli has this line where he's like... Uh, He's like, oh, well, you know, Elrond didn't charge us with going all the way with Frodo. We can actually do whatever we want. And I was like, Gimli, you're, you're like, who... you're right. You're, you're the exact person who was fighting Elrond about this. And then he's like, oh, so if I was going to choose, I would go to Minas Tirith, but I'm also not going to abandon Frodo, so I'll go with Frodo wherever he goes. So he does save it at the last minute, but it's just a weird way to phrase it, you know? Yep. Yeah, I but I, I thought the same thing that that was that was funny. Did you did you uh, get that at all, Connor, or were you? Uh... No, I I didn't really think back to um to that moment. I uh, I I was kind of surprised at how I I don't think it was just Gimli, just but like how kind of haphazardly they they were treating going you know uh or separating from from frodo you know frodo in the ring um yeah because because yeah it like really seems like something that they don't want to do but they have to and they're i think i think most of the 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 people in the fellowship are you know men of honor and so they will follow him to the end but uh but yeah i'm getting the feeling like they don't really you know, it's it's not like the adventure that they uh, were excited for in the beginning, as as ma- it makes sense. Yeah, it's funny because we do get some clarity on where people want to go, and nearly everybody says Minas Tirith. Gimli yeah. says, says he'd rather go to Minas Tirith. Legolas says he'd rather go to Minas Tirith. Um, I forget what Aragorn says or if he does. And then even Merry and or Pippin, one or both of them, says, like, we should really go to Minas Tirith. Like, it's almost unanimous that they want to go to Minas Tirith. Yep. Which, but they, yeah. they um, resolve to follow Frodo or whatever he chooses. That's true, right? Like, and I, I think that's totally fair, right? It's like, on the one hand, it's like to them logically, they want to go to this place that is a stronghold. It's like the last bastion against the fight against evil. You know, let's go there. We'll recuperate behind the walls, and then we can continue our journey. You know, or 
maybe there is an alternative to just marching into Mordor and destroying the ring. Um, so I do get why so many of them think that. But I, uh, I don't know. I guess that makes me really appreciate Frodo's decision more. Not to go back to Star Wars again, but talking about it out loud, it does make me think a little bit of that Return of the Jedi moment. You know, I feel like everybody is giving Luke the same message. You gotta kill your dad. You have to. It's the only possible thing you could do, and if you don't do it, then everything's fucked and we lose. And Luke's like, well, okay, what if I don't, you know? And and Frodo, like, the decision he has to make isn't as immediate. But, uh, you know, everyone's like, well, why not? Why not just, you know, Minas Tirith is at least closer to Mordor than we are now. And maybe we'll get to learn some new things along the way. And we can enlist the help of, you know, all the fighters of Gondor. Like, sounds like a pretty sweet deal, right? And, mm -hmm. and Frodo is like, no, like, we have to do everything in our power to destroy the ri the ring um, as quickly as possible, you know he he has to make this impossible decision against like all logic against all the people telling him otherwise, even if their intentions are good. Um, it's a really cool place to leave the book off at. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I uh, he he is very much bound to this terrible purpose now haha -ha. isn't that what Loki says no we're talking about Dune yeah, that was Loki oh, reference. Okay. I was like was it terrible purpose or was it a different type of purpose I can't remember fuck <laughs> I you know maybe Loki is referencing Dune who knows hmm. um what I my last note is um, Loki? Loki is like a guy who reads Dune and thinks Paul is the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wow. One of them. Almost as insufferable as people who read Dune and think that Paul is the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Assuming there's only two binary interpretations. Yeah, Loki and Thor. <laughs> that would be it um so my my last note for this chapter it has to do with Sauron um really? when Frodo has the ring on he can like at the end of his like vision you know Connor was even saying like his place vision seeing all the shit <laughs> he feels that uh Sauron's gaze is like getting closer and closer to locating him. And then, of course, if he finds him, you know, it's over. He's That's fucking it. And so just before that happens, he manages to find the force of will to remove the ring. When he removes the ring, um, on my cap copy, it's page 417. It says... He took the ring off his finger. He was kneeling in clear sunlight before the high seat. A black shadow seemed to pass like an arm above him. It missed Amon Hen and groped out west and faded. Then all the sky was clean and blue and birds sang in every tree. So, 
what I wanted to focus on here is that Sauron has literally been referred to as a shadow or like the shadow of the enemy or, you know, Hmm. but like Sauron is literally referred to as a shadow here. And we also get like this dichotomy between the wraith worlds and like the physical realm and how they like interact, but are also inherently separated. And so like, it's it's very much implied if Frodo wasn't able to remove the ring that he would have been like at the very least located by Sauron and like maybe at the worst literally grabbed by him because the shadow is described to be an arm passing overhead and uh hmm. but when Frodo removes the ring like the the shadow can't interact with him anymore it, it passes That's... over him because it's it's not even aware of him so Sauron can only truly see Frodo when he's wearing the ring. And and like Sauron doesn't doesn't have a strong like power or influence on the physical realm, but in the Wraith world like he's this commanding indomitable presence. And um and so I don't know. It's just the way that those things overlap. Like that's really my idea. It's you know, it's like Sauron has like complete power in the Wraith world or whatever, and Frodo is completely susceptible and vulnerable when he has the ring on. But he he takes it off, and then like Sauron can't do anything anymore. You know, he's just a passing shadow. And I mean, if there's something in that specifically where you were thinking, like, I don't know if that, that made you think of anything, like, I'm welcome to talk about it, but but actually my thought at the end of this note was, what even is Sauron now? Because, like, in the past, we know that he was, like, a being. We don't even know if he was, like, a man or an elf or... I don't... I literally don't think we know. We, uh, but he existed as a person who forged the rings. And we also know, like, I think the deal is it's just that he can't die as long as the ring exists. Like, he was pretty much killed, but, like, he sort of, like, is immortal as long as the ring exists because, because like, his soul or his will is inside of the ring as well. Yeah, I, I always kind of viewed that as, like, a lich situation where, like, he put too much of himself in the... Or, like, a horcrux. Yeah. Where the ring hit part of his soul is literally in the ring. Yeah. Um, so he he can't die. But um, another thing, J.K. Rowling stole. <laughs> I mean, this list this list is getting out of control at this point. Mm. Crack dot com. Yeah. Top ten things that J.K. stole from Lord of the Rings. There we go. That's our first article. Record, That's our first listicle. This is this is cracked past tense, not cracked current <laughs> tense. Yeah, we have to um put that in every title just to just so people are aware but i mean i like i guess that's sort of my question or like i'd like to hear your thoughts on is like okay like we know that we get this idea like sauron's shadow sauron's eye it's like i don't know like sauron's like the main threat right like but he's also very he's ambiguous He's the enemy. He's and the enemy. Do you know the enemy? You gotta know the enemy. Why? Raham. 
Yeah. When that first came I mean, out, like, people thought the lyric was raw ham. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big thing. Oh my god. I do love Billy for that. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a great uh, Billy. All I'm wondering all I'm wondering is like any Sauron thoughts. Um Sauron? Sauroth. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. I, I don't have any, think I have anything about Sauron. I, I've seen him as some sort of like counter. I, I have heard some tell of what he was before. Um, but right now I just kind of imagine him as basically like a Lich King or something. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Completely. I mean, he's described as a necromancer in The Hobbit. You're right. Or the necromancer. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the very last thing I want to leave off on then in terms of Sauron is just that like and, and this chapter kind of made me think about it. I don't know what it was about this chapter exactly, but um I I feel like I realized for the first time finishing this book that Sauron himself is like the tenth member of the fellowship. Because um it's like Sauron, like, you think of him as, like, this distant, faraway threat. He's an eye on a tower, or he's a shadow, you know, looming over you, trying, you know, groping in the darkness. But I feel like if you really think about it, it sounds like the majority of Sauron is in the ring. And and actually, as, you know, now I'm thinking, I'm realizing what it was that made me think about this as you and I were talking, Josh, but like thinking about like okay, so if if Boromir is uh, talking about himself in the third person because it's not really Boromir speaking, and it's like oh well the ring it's the ring's influence and it's like okay well what's the ring who's the ring well the ring is Sauron. Any time you feel the influence over you, like you go oh it's the ring, but it's not even the ring. It's not just a piece of metal. The reason that the ring has that influence in the first place is because it's Sauron's will acting through the ring. Hmm. Which Gandalf explains in like the second or third chapter. Like that's that's what the yeah. whole Shadows of the Past chapter is about. And so um, it's just funny to think about the whole time. Like, like, yes, in a very literal sense, Sauron's looking for the ring. But it's like Sauron's looking for himself, right? Like he can't locate... Like for some reason, those things are split. But like... But, like, in these moments when the ring is worn, he he feels that his presence, you know? And and even in the moments where Sauron on the tower isn't aware of Sauron the ring, like, Sauron the ring has enough of the will inside of itself to influence those around it, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you're bringing Sauron to Sauron to destroy Sauron, you know? But like it's, I guess, I guess I, I was feeling inception. like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was song. thinking about it like, you know, like the 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 one of the things too is like, I was kind of thinking about like, oh, I feel like we don't know anything about Sauron. Like Sauron's so vague; he's just like this this ambiguous cloud of evil and it's like yeah that's true on one hand but on the other you know 
we actually get a lot of insight into what and who Sauron is every time the ring does something. Every time it tries to take over somebody's will or influences this and that or makes something look like an accident, but it never really was. Like, we always go like, oh, it's the ring. But the ring is Sauron. Like, hmm. he's kind of a traveling companion with them, too. So I don't know. I only thought of that here at the end. But it, it's kind of funny to think like, oh, yeah, it's just Frodo and Sam taking the ring to Mordor now. But it's like it's Frodo and Sam and Sauron going to Mordor in a way. Sounds like a buddy cop movie. Three is a crowd. So no, I, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right, Connor. A, I think that's, a, that's yeah. something that's not really stated enough. Um, because, yeah, that's that's precisely how... It was laid out for us in the beginning, um, and, and I think it's it's. Uh, I I don't know, you know. I I'm I'm in the dark as to what or what kind of forms Sauron's in, um, and yeah, I mean maybe maybe he he doesn't have a like a a, a real form or a prime form. He just kind of jumps from people to people that he can uh influence until he restores himself i don't know uh but yeah it's 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 very intriguing yeah yeah so the 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 ring was the fellowships that we were friendships along the way (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah that's the moral of the story yeah Okay, anything else you want to say about this chapter before we get into our general thoughts on the book? This is still the chapter discussion. Wow. I, yeah, one, well, one I, I know this was long enough. This was long enough for two chapters, but I mean, you know, now. it's the last chapter. Come we kind of knew it was Yeah, come on. Come on. You guys want to take a quick five-minute break before we start talking about the book? Yeah, let's do it. I got a piss. How did you know what we were going to say? I got a piss. Yeah. Connor, do you have a hard out tonight? I don't. No, no. You guys can. Okay. You guys are, are fine. All right. I was just. I just saw the time. I wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah. No. No. I'm okay. All right. Let's okay. take a break. All right. All right. So um, we've wrapped up our discussion of the final chapter of the second book of the first book of the unofficial Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Fellowship of the Ring. Pretty sure that's the Thank simplest, you. clearest way to describe what we what we just covered. Absolutely. Uh, and now we're gonna dive into our general thoughts on the book as a whole. And like Josh mentioned, we are going to give it a rating at the end of our discussion. Yep. Um. Is there anyone who'd like to start? Not it. Okay. I'm, if not, I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> guess it's yeah, go going to be me. Okay. The nose, nose went. <laughs> Isn't there like a Doctor Who thing with, uh, what is that? Who knows? What's that Doctor Who thing where it's like, who knows? Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. Who knows? There we go. Yep. Mm. That's from the 50th. Gotcha. Well, wow. Thomas the 50th Baker. Doctor can't wait until they get there oh no way more than the 50th doctor with the timeless child now are you kidding me <laughs> we're, we're way past 50 well there's 
there's the doctor and then there's the other incarnations that's a good point that's a good point we're on the 13th doctor but we don't really know when they started calling themselves the doctor well the first one presumably. well no because because the fugitive doctor Who? was nope. you know before no. the first it goes by that's the doctor too it has a tardis so a little bit weird well some wires mm-hmm. crossed there doesn't make a whole lot of sense well anyway the fellowship of the ring that's a little tease for our doctor who podcast that we're going to be launching Eh, i don't know we we tried that one we didn't really get off the ground so we didn't get you drunk enough No, I'm still not drunk enough. I even I know I I cracked open my second my second can, can year before we started recording, so I, I don't get a can crack now. Whatever. So uh, the book as a whole, the Fellowship of the Ring was interesting, and. I know that we've been having this conversation in pieces throughout. I think he froze. He did. Bag. Connor. Bag. You know, for the most part, Connor, Connor. I really like. Connor, you froze, so you're going to have to restart. Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick breather another quick break (laughs) yep all right so as i was trying to say um you know i i feel like i i've been talking about how like the way that i've been talking about the book um throughout our discussion of it is is still pretty much how i feel now so it's a bit of a mixed bag like there's a lot of stuff in here that I like. Um, I think the characters are really good, you know, and I was kind of worried like once told, like I really, I love the initial setup of like, you know, Bilbo's still there and Frodo and uh, Sam and Mary and Pippin are like all, you know, uh, Hobbit friends slash, you know, cousins. Um, family. Same thing in, in the Shire. Yeah, it is. But like, you know, like th- that's such a good core group. Like just the Hobbits and like escaping the Shire and and you know trying to to make it to some sort of relative safety and like I really love that beginning part. And then I remember like being worried. You get to the Council of Elrond. Suddenly, the you get the company, you know, and you're adding in all these characters. And I was feeling like, oh, you know, I wonder if we're really going to have time to, like, characterize uh, these people or, like, um, or even just, like, the way that an author is going to do that in the 50s. Like, how does that track with now? But, like, largely, it's really good. One of the things that I think Tolkien does really well is um, just having like some really fun characters, you know, and they bounce off each other really well. It's a good dynamic. It's a good group. Um, but then, you know, you get a lot of like the traversal, the getting from one place to the next, 
the overlong descriptions of the landscape. And like that that feels like that circles back to like, yeah, you know, it's a guy writing a book in the 50s, you know? It's just going to be very much different from what we get now. We've already said that, but um but it is kind of like a sticking point for me, like something that that I don't think is like necessarily bad about the Fellowship of the Ring, but that like as a modern day reader, um, I'm not as used to. And so there were like plenty of times, even if I wasn't necessarily bored, you know, it was like literally the act of reading it was you know, more challenging than, than I thought it would be. We kind of talked about the opposite of that when we, when we were reading through Hitchhikers, it's like, Oh, Hitchhikers is like so breezy, you know, the way it's written and makes it easy to read. Like it's fun. It's short, it's snappy. And the Lord of the Rings is not that the Lord of the Rings is cumbersome and tedious, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, that, that kind of communicates some of the feelings of the journey the characters are on, whether that's intentional or not. <laughs> but I think those are like the two, the two halves I find myself wrestling a lot with it. You know, it's like the, the reading of it can sometimes be, you know, rough, but I think what we're reading about what actually happens is largely really cool. Um, I, I love finding out how the story's really told. I I love feeling like I'm going back to this old old source material and seeing all the ways that so many other things that I like are influenced by it and just how much Tolkien really is responsible for like creating and establishing. But you know, in that sense, um a lot of times reading Lord of the Rings, I feel like because sometimes it's more interesting than fun necessarily. Not that it's not enjoyable because it is, but like it's, it's more interesting to read it, to go like, Oh, well now I have this sharper understanding of what I already know about it from the movie or like, Oh, you know, this gives me a, a more interesting insight on, you know, this thing from Final Fantasy or, you know, you know, or like, oh, this is how that got influenced but from Dungeons and Dragons. Like, <laughs> and, and so all I mean is, in short, like, um, it's weird to read Lord of the Rings because sometimes I think about it like a book and sometimes I think about it like source material. And, you know, that's that's odd to feel that, like, um difference because like it's always a book you know i honestly i never thought to yeah distinguish source material from literature well i mean that's the thing right it's like there it's not different but because so much has um been influenced by and like you know come from lord of the rings to go back and read it, like, it feels like reverse engineering when it really isn't, you know? Yeah. But if you read everything that comes after it and then go back to it, you go, oh, instead of, like, this was experiencing the story on, like, its own terms, you know? That is pretty much how I experience pop culture through the substance. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, yeah, oh, here's that's a funny one. This must be the original. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I really do. I really did like reading this book. Um, and over, I mean, and it still holds up. It's not to say that it's just some like relic that only deserves to be read so you can, you know, examine modern day pop culture through a different lens. Like this. Shakespeare. <laughs> this book is completely worthy and valuable in its own right. But it doesn't mean it's not hard for me to separate um, that perspective at the same time. Like, it's a great book. It's phenomenal. But but it is it, it does feel different reading it for the first time ever, especially after having seen the incredibly, massively popular movies based off of this book. To, to be reading it for the very first time as a 31-year-old guy in 2023, it, it just can never, it can never be like just reading a book, you know? It's like, oh, you know, how is Lord of the Rings? I, what are you talking about? You know, like, it, you can't just like stroll into a bookstore. It, it, it's not the same as like picking up any old book, you know, like, and just, just reading, you know, reading a book, like... It, it can never be that because it's just too humongous for that. And so there's a lot of times where I felt like I I tried to have that experience and sometimes it's frustrating to feel like you can't. But I, I guess ultimately, like, I accept that that's just the way it is. You know, like, you just can't... I, I feel like in my, in my case, the way that I feel about it or understand it, like, you just can't read Lord of the Rings given what I've experienced because of it, separated from it, like, I, I can't come to it on its own terms in a way. Like, there's always going to be this weird degree of separation where it isn't just a book, you know? Because it, it's just too large for that. Um, and that's okay. So, in the end, I'm going to... Should I rate this now, Josh? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, just as a quick reminder for those who have listened to us before, or if you're coming to us for the first time, hey, how's it going? Uh, we rate these books on how our experience was reading it and how we feel about it. It's not based on some weird objective criteria where we rank different categories of it and then put it all together and fucking shit out a number. This is just a number based on a scale of 1 to 10, on how I felt like my reading experience of it was. I'm going to give Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Awesome. Connor, do you want to go or should I go? Um, It's up to you. If you're ready, you can go ahead or uh, or I can take it. Are you jump? Are you are are you chomping at the bit, or you or do you want to think for a little bit? No, I, th I think I can go if, All right. if you need more time. You you take take the lead. All right. Well, my thoughts are actually very similar to Connor's on this. I, I feel like we were very much on the same page throughout this entire book, uh, except for the literal pages because our books are formatted differently. <laughs> um. I, we we had a lot of the same notes throughout the book. Um, we were just mm -hmm. very much on the same wavelength. I think a lot of what you said 
you thank thank you put into words what I was trying to put together in my head that during that. Um, and now it's all escaped my head. So <laughs> I will try to talk about other things. Um, it definitely isn't the bedtime story that we read with the Hobbit. It is clunkier, as you said. Um, it's a lot grittier in its details, both in that it it gets down to some really minute stuff, and it's a lot more serious when when things get serious. Uh, but on the flip side, it definitely has a lot more whimsy and fantasy to it. Um, sure, the Hobbit had a dragon and elves, but this has everything but the dragon that the Hobbit had. Mm -hmm. And then it also has Tom Bombadil and uh, Lothlorien, uh, which I feel like were the most psychedelic portions of this entire book. And uh, one of them is apparently too psychedelic for the movie. So <laughs> way too out there. It's uh, the, when we were reading through the Tom Bobadil parts, it was very much like this isn't what I expected when I signed up to read Lord of the Rings. Um, and when I had started it on my own way back a couple of years ago, uh, I hadn't gotten that far yet. And had only gotten the really gritty like previously in the hobbit uh here and then they're and then they're off kind of talk um uh, but now that we've we've gotten through it um it definitely had parts where i was falling asleep and it had other parts where i'm reading maybe not as closely as i would have read some other books in their exciting moments but i can excuse it because it's such an old book by our standards um, and it's not meant to be an action book. It's meant to be a, a like a, a grandiose journey. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun seeing where a lot of things originated. Mithril, um, the stuff I know from the movies, which are half the memes on the internet. Um, getting full context for these things that I had some tangential knowledge of like Gimli talking with Galadriel or the meaning behind uh, the ring poem um, or just why they went where they went uh, and then seeing Tolkien's mastery of the English language uh, and honestly being befuddled by it by a couple times because I am not a master of the English language. I became an engineer, as I've said many times before. Um, it's it's that that is entertaining to me in its own right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have enjoyed reading this book. I'm like uh, like I've said in for previous books, I, I like having the full context of a cultural touchstone because I, I joked about it a moment ago the Simpsons is one of these massive like pop culture references that I just grew up with and I, I I always seem to have the reference in my head but not the what's being referenced and so when I finally go and find that source material 
uh, it's satisfying in its own right to be as a bit of a completionist or uh, someone who's just naturally curious. It's just like, okay, now I now I know the full context. The this reference is now funnier in my head. Uh, I've enjoyed the the original uh, as it as it was not entirely as it was intended, but close to it. Um, so I yeah, I guess I'm just trying to say I enjoyed it. Maybe not as much as The Hobbit, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but I'm not certain if it's because the Hobbit is a complete story, whereas this is a third of a story. Um, like I said, I I was anticipating an, an a uh, an event in this chapter that didn't come to pass, and now I know it's that we're going to be looking forward to it in the future. I know some events that are happening in the future books as well because I have seen the movies. Um, and yeah, I'm just eager to get through it all. And I don't know, part of me may just want to move on to Star Wars because we've been talking about it a little bit and there's some new Star Wars content coming out. But we'll keep going with this pace. <laughs> um, we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So uh, overall, I think my rating is going to be... I don't know. I, I just don't feel like I enjoyed it as much as The Hobbit. And I'm looking at my rating for The Hobbit. And so I think I have to give it an 8.1 out of 10. So. What what was your rating for The Hobbit then? 9.1. Oh, I see. Okay. So, and I, I was... I was taking your your score into account a little bit. I know we're not really supposed to let our scores influence each other, but I felt like we were such on the same wavelength. Uh, yeah, I get I, it. Like going into this discussion ten minutes ago, I was like, I, I was just going up and down the scale in my head. It's like th- this is definitely not a nine in my head, but I don't know if seven is the right number to start with. Definitely not a six because it's the fucking Fellowship yeah. of the Ring. Yeah. So it's. There's there's nothing scientific about this, but no. it's 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 fun science to crunch the numbers and see how we how it all averages out at the end. I knew you were the number cruncher. Oh, so what so what are the results, Josh? For for uh, you know, crack dot com. I told you I'm not crunching those numbers. Oh, you were serious. Oh, they, they have they haven't been uh, crunched yet. Fuck. All right. Well, I, I guess we can uh, save that for the next episode. That that that, you know, that that's a little nice surprise to to tide us over. Um, so I guess it's my turn, huh? I guess it is. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. I liked the book. I I did really enjoy the book. Um, Hated the discussion though. <laughs> yeah, the discussion fucking sucked. The people I was talking about it with were fucking terrible. Um, didn't Super know what... pretentious. It didn't really get a word yeah. edgewise. Elitist. Um, <laughs> and they, they they smell. They could smell them through the computer screen. But Yeah, they grow beards. It's so weird. <laughs> they, they can grow beards and I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, That's so, why this book's a 0 out of 10. Exactly. See ya. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I, I feel like I'm, I am, am in pretty much agreement with both of you guys, just in kind of like what I liked about it, what I didn't like. Obviously, I was a big critic of the 
getting lost in the woods chapters or getting from point A to point B chapters there that was just too much and yeah you know um tolkien's over detailing everything but you know i i I think a part of of uh my enjoyment of this book was not just the chapters um and, and passages when exciting things happened but just like being being in the world of of lord of the rings um because yeah, I don't have anything to really compare it to besides The Hobbit. You know, I I I, I had I've seen some of the movies, but don't have any memory. I uh, don't have any real memory of any of it. Um, so so yeah, I mean it, it it was it's it really has been a fun journey, and and you know I know the journey's not over yet. Um, but I I too did not have as much fun reading this as The Hobbit, which is uh. Not not surprising, you know. I think that this is a more dense and serious uh, book, but also, um, I, I I also just think The Hobbit is is a better book by itself. And maybe I'll reappraise that when the th- when I have read all three Lord of the Rings books. Maybe I'll be like, okay, all together, um, Lord of the Rings beats The Hobbit, which I I'm a, I'm I'm thinking that will happen. We'll see, but. Uh, I'm going to leave it at, and, and I, I'm making a huge announcement. Um, I'm no longer rating everything 42. Uh, wow. We're leaving hitchhikers in the rear view. Um, so I'm going to give impressed. this, I'm going to give this one an even seven out of 10. Wow. Oh, I, I thought you were going to pick a new number to, to harp on. No. No, you, no. you legitimately gave it a... No uh, bullshit this time. Out of 10. We all gave it out of 10. I think this is the first time we've given it the same base score at like out of since we rated So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, where we all rated wow. out of 5. Crazy. <laughs> um, wow. Really feels like we're, we're embarking on on uh, this this whole new journey together. Does yeah, a new chapter and, uh, of our lives, you know. Uh, yeah, and a new book within a our, book of our lives. Our average rating for that's right, the Fellowship of the Ring is a seventy-five percent. Okay, pretty good. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I feel I, I I'm I'm glad that we're all very much on the same page here about how we felt about this book. It's clunky. It clunkier than the Hobbit. Um, we didn't mm-hmm. like when it got super detailed, I would fall asleep. You, you would just zone out. Um, it, a lot of the same things keep coming up and up. So yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm happy that we're all on the same page on that. And I'm looking forward to continuing to read the series with you guys. Yeah. Same, same. I, I, Definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very invested in the story. Yeah. It's, it's very much the beginning of the journey. It's still, I mean, we're, we were halfway through the book. We were barely left the Shire. And then all of a sudden, here we are. We're almost at Mordor already, crossing the river into the eastern lands. Yeah, that's, and there's two books left. Exactly it, Josh, because it's you get that feeling. It's like, okay, we read like the first book, but you really have to imagine that you read the first third of one book. Which so, why it was so hard for me to, to you read know, this even one. though there is a uh, yeah, but. 
you know, more I mean it's like it it feels like for us closing the cover on the Fellowship of the Ring, there's this feeling of conclusion and yet in terms of the story that Tolkien's intending here, you know, there there isn't really mm-hmm. um it's kind of like if we read the first third of this book where like they're just barely getting out of the Shire and they're lost in the old woods and it's like, okay, what do you think of the book? you're done now it's like well what you know there's a lot left so um yeah you know really what i'm what i'm curious about is how are we going to feel reading through uh you know the two towers and of course return of the king it's like we're kind of only just getting to the meat of the story you know the middle of the book now that's usually where more of the interesting things are developed. So, um, uh, yeah, truthfully, I, I think that this this one coming up is the one I know the least well. I feel Same like here. I know the Fellowship pretty well. I remembered almost everything that happened here, except for the things that don't show up in the movie. And Return of the King, I think I have a pretty solid, gra- you know, and that makes sense. Beginnings and endings, they stick with you. Yep. This middle part, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, either new territory or or even things that I just flat out don't remember. And I go, oh, right, because yeah, um, I just don't remember it as well, and I'm excited for that. I totally agree. I'm also excited. I, I just pulled my second – my copy of the second book out. I definitely know what's on the cover. Um, I, that That's something I remember from, from the movie. Oh, nice. Oh, hey, uh, that's right. Did your books end with this note? It says, here ends the first part of the history of the War of the Ring. The second part is called The Two Towers, and then it continues. Did you have a note like that yes, on the end of your copy? I did. Uh, my book ends uh, with... Then shouldering their burdens, they set off seeking a path that would bring them over the gray hills of the Emin Muil uh, and down to the Land of Shadow. Then it cuts to the maps. And then I have a note on the maps. Yeah, so Connor and I, we kind of have this very brief afterwards where it's like, oh, this is the end of the book and and here's what's to expect next. I wonder when that when yeah, that it's was like uh, upcoming attractions, and then yeah, yeah. I was shocked Mine, that it, that I, like just gave the titles away. I was like, oh wow, it's kind of it's just like promo for spoilers. the for the sequel. Yeah, it's like here's why it's called that. See you later. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, however, my edition is a box set of all three books, and on the cover it says the Fellowship of the Ring being the first part of the Lord of the Rings, and then the the second edition that I have here, uh, which honestly feels a lot lighter. But I'm not certain if it's my notes or not. But you can mm. see, like the the books are. Uh, like, this for the camera. Like there there is a size difference in the spine of the books. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, I guess we'll see. Maybe it'll actually be easier to read this this book. I just realized that I have not ordered the next one yet, so I got to do that. You should get on that. <laughs> but good news, uh, we're not reading immediately. <laughs> yeah, we have some I know. time. I know, yeah. Uh, just... We're going to be watching The Fellowship of the Ring by, um, directed by um, famous director. Peter Jackson. Who's, thank you. Famous director whose name has escaped me. Peter, Peter Jack- Jackson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be watching that soon. 
uh, and we'll we'll be recording another podcast where we will compare and contrast the movie and the book. Um, I'm, I'm flipping through the two towers right now. I see a synopsis in the beginning, and then we begin with book three. So book two begins with book three. Everybody, wow, makes holy perfect shit. sense. Holy shit! Can't uh, wait for the podcast introductions on that one. Yep, and it looks like we got a lot of the same maps in the back. Uh, just at first glance. As we go on, it'll become more complicated, so we'll have to spend more time explaining it. Yep. Every episode. And uh, let's see. My yeah, we, was... we won't be able to banter about uh, milk duds and shit because we're gonna have to just explain. Oh no, we the book exception of it we'll all. We'll still banter uh, milk duds. Oh, the... just less book talk. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, let's see. My my first copy. I'm sorry. My first book is 506 pages. This is 924. So that means it is a 418 page book, or about 80 percent of the size of the Fellowship of the Ring. So we'll probably mm. get through it in. I was going to say episodes. that. Instead of twelve, that's we'll that's almost exactly of the the page length that I have here. But I know that my copy has more text per page. Hmm. Let's see. So that's interesting. Your last page, Josh. What about my last page? This is pretty intriguing well, talk about the about page numbers and stuff, right? Oh yeah, that... no, sorry, you you cut out a little bit, so I wasn't sure what you were saying. Oh, so I think he's frozen again. Ah, nuts. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Um, yep. If uh, if you're interested and you want more, please go over to Patreon.com/slash/ChapterChumps. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChapterChumps. Email us. We are at ChapterChumpsPod at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> Look forward to us talking about the movies next time. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Um, l- like us on on everywhere and rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts and review us. Uh, but until next time. The fellowship was the friends we made along the way. Too true. Nice. I am here, by the way. Sorry, y'all. All right. Bye. See you. Bye.